Welcome to the Feel Good Running Podcast, where our goal is to keep you motivated, inspired, and energized. As a runner, or perhaps you are looking for the right motivation to become one, you've definitely found the right place. We share inspirational stories from real runners, motivating running-related information, and much more to help you feel good about your running. And now your host and a longtime feel-good runner himself, Jim Lynch. Hello, runners, and welcome to episode number three of Feel Good Running Podcast. I am Jim Lynch, and I am your host, and I want to thank you so much for listening today to this episode. I know you have a lot of choices for podcasts out there, and you chose mine, so thank you. And hopefully you subscribe, because I am really trying hard. I'm trying hard to motivate, inspire, and entertain you, and in this episode, that is exactly, exactly what I'm going to do. My special running guest this week is my very good friend, Malia Krause. We taped this interview quite a while back when I started venturing into podcasting. And because of my procrastination, I'm just getting the podcast up and running. But we did this interview a while back and it's very good. And I know you're going to really enjoy it and you're going to enjoy her. All right. So let's talk a little bit. Let's talk a little bit today. How are you doing? How are you feeling? Uh, All the major marathons for 2018 are over. Uh, New York, Chicago, all of them. Uh, But there are some remaining in December. There's the California International, Kiwa Island Marathon, Tucson. And of course, out here in Hawaii is the uh, fifth largest marathon in the USA, the Honolulu Marathon. So if you have a burning desire to run another marathon this year, you still have some options uh, to round out 2018. Now, let me ask you a question, runners. If you have done a marathon this year or have run a half marathon, um, after your race is over, what do you do? Do you take a break? Do you just stop running completely? You know, my experience when I used to do marathons all the time is that I would get done with a marathon cross the finish line and kind of go through a small depression because you train and train and train uh, for months to complete your race and your race is over with and then you don't have really anything to look forward to. Well, here's a suggestion for you. Don't just give up because if you give up right now and springtime comes and you want to start getting back into running, you know, that could be a mammoth transition to get back into it. But if you continue to run, through the winter months, you don't have to run a lot, maintenance miles, then you're going to be much better prepared to transition into a uh, spring race or spring training or whatever you want to do. So don't don't let the uh, race get you down and done. Uh, keep running. If you need to take a break, by all means, take a break, take some time away from running, but don't take that long. Really get back into it. All right. The sun, the winter time, in my opinion, is a great time to run because, you know, it's a lot cooler. Um, you got this beautiful, crisp, clean air that you can run in. Um, yeah, you got to buy some clothes to prepare yourself for the colder weather, but it still is very, very good to run in that. Now, I'm not the person to be sitting here telling you that because I live on Maui and we don't have the extremes, but I did move here from Denver. So I do know what I'm talking about in that area. All right. So 
kind of transition away from running for a few minutes. Um, I just recently went and saw with some friends the movie Bohemian Rhapsody. This is the movie about Queen and, and particularly the lead singer, Freddie Mercury. And what a treat. Man, that was a fantastic movie. I don't know who this actor is, this Rami Malek, but he played Freddie Mercury perfect. And I personally have been a Queen fan for probably since the beginning of Queen. Kind of gives you my age a little bit. And I remember hearing um, Bohemian Rhapsody for the first time. And I absolutely love that song. And this is when it just came out. And... uh I remember it was uh, as soon as I moved into my first ever apartment, I had a roommate, my friend Kevin, and uh, I went out and bought the album uh, A Night at the Opera, which is the album that Bohemian Rhapsody is on, and played that song over and over again. Now, we didn't have all the fancy stuff that you have now, which is the downloading and all that. I had a vinyl record and a turntable, and I would put the needle on that particular song. Now, it wasn't really a knock-out-of-the-park album. There is probably one other song on there that you may have heard of, You're My Best Friend. And that's kind of uh, the way Queen worked, too, because they... um, they would release an album and have a couple hits off of it. And then the rest of the songs you probably never even heard of. So, you know, there's some, some uh, really good stuff about Queen and that Bohemian Rhapsody song is still in, in my top 10, um, in my opinion, best songs ever recorded. And the funny thing is about Bohemian Rhapsody is that it made number one on the charts in the UK, but, it only peaked at number nine on the Billboard charts here in the United States, but now it's still it's considered probably one of the best, if not the best, rock and roll uh, song uh, ever recorded. And I never get tired of it. Anyways, I had to share that with you. If you haven't seen the movie, please go out and see it. And if it's on video uh, or downloadable here soon, uh, make sure you take it and check that out because it's a it's a phenomenal movie. All right, let's talk about the Boston Marathon. Yes, the Boston Marathon. I got a, you know, I read an article this year. What got me started on the Boston Marathon is that I have a friend out here who ran the Los Angeles Marathon uh, in March of this year. And he qualified for Boston and he actually qualified with about a three and a half minute uh, buffer on his time. And when he submitted his application, he was informed that he didn't get in. And what's really sad in looking at the statistics for the Boston Marathon this year is that there was 30,458 applicants um, that registered for the Boston Marathon um, and only 23,074 qualified and got in. So that's 7,000. 384 dreams, dreams where these people have worked hard for months to be able to qualify for the Boston Marathon and could not run the Boston Marathon. It, it, hasn't, it has become a race that you qualify to apply for the Boston Marathon as opposed to qualifying for the actual race. Um, so what's really good about this, what's sad about the fact that, you know, people can't get into it in 2019, they qualified, 
but they are changing. They're changing the qualification times um, for tw- uh, 2020, and you got to run five minutes faster. And that should that should eliminate a lot of these issues. Now, when I ran the Boston Marathon, I qualified in t- 2002 in Chicago, and I ran a 328 something, and my qualification time was three hours and 30 minutes. Well, I had no problem whatsoever getting in to the Boston Marathon for 2003. And because of the Chicago Marathon, I had an 18-month window, so I was able to run it in 2004 also. Um, and I did run it both years. Unfortunately, 2003, I DNF because of a back issue, but I went back the following year and was able to uh, finish it and accomplish my dream of running the Boston Marathon. Well, I guess my point is, is that this year, since the cutoff time, was four minutes and 52 seconds. The Boston Athletic Association really had to do something for 2020. When you are focusing your all your training and your time and putting everything you have into just beating that qualifying time that Boston puts out, and then you have to have another X amount of minutes to be able to actually apply and get in, um, you know, that's kind of self-defeating. So I'm glad that Boston Athletic Association is, uh, you know, making it five, uh, five minutes uh, um, faster qualifying times to be able to get in. I think that's really good. You know, what's interesting is, is that in general, marathons are losing their appeal. Um, the latest statistics that I looked at is that uh, marathons uh, fell by 1.3%, where um, half marathons uh, are increasing in participation by 3.1%, and 10Ks and 5Ks are, you know, close to, you know, between 12 and, and 19%, and triathlons seem to be really blowing it out of the park at about 33% participation increase, but marathons are decreasing. So, anyway, I hope you stick with it. If you were one of the 7,384 amazing, incredible runners that didn't get in to the Boston Marathon in 2019, I hope you stick with it and go back out there and try to qualify again. I know you got to run five minutes faster, but get it done. I mean, it's worth it. It's worth running the Boston Marathon at least once. So don't, don't too deflated um get back you know on your feet dust yourself off and get back out there and train and try to get it done for 2020 all right enough of me blabbing been blabbing too long let's get on with some inspirational motivational news searching anywhere and everywhere here is this episode's feel good running news cancer sucks everybody will attest to that Sarah Smith from Columbus, Ohio, is dealing with stage four metastatic breast cancer, which has spread to her lymph nodes and bones. This past October, on October 21st, she ran the Columbus Marathon. Now, when she first heard her diagnosis, she had two questions. Could she keep running and could she keep running long distances? Her oncologist said yes to both. 
growth. From the summer of 2018, she finished three half marathons, a 10K run, and a bunch of 5K races. Oh yeah, she also did a 24-hour run in Cleveland. Sarah and her husband Chris created t-shirts to promote her goal of healthy living. The back of it says, Bound and Determined. They wore them and bracelets that said the same during the Columbus Marathon. People are inspired by Sarah because she takes a positive approach and is not giving up. Just like everyone facing cancer, she knows she has absolutely no control over her physical outcome. 20% of stage 4 breast cancer patients are expected to live for 5 years. Sarah said, if 5 years is all I have, I am not going to walk around being grumpy because nobody likes that. She also said, I'm just enjoying my miles a little bit more now. Sarah crossed the finish line at the Columbus Marathon in 5 hours, 6 minutes and 32 seconds. She also was awarded with the annual Spirit Award in conjunction with the Nationwide Children's Hospital Columbus Marathon. Congratulations, Sarah, and the best for you. Wow, folks, just goes to show we all need to appreciate each and every day and try to live it to the fullest. Running and marriage. Hmm. Some people do meet their spouses running. Yeah, I know, because I was responsible for setting up a couple that are very happily married today. But how many couples get married during marathons? Well, it happens. I think Las Vegas has a history of couples getting married during the Rock and Roll Marathon. As a matter of fact, I checked into it and 100 people got married or renewed their very marriage vows during the 2016 Vegas Marathon. They call it a run-through. Well, on October 21st, yes, another race on October 21st this past month, at the Detroit Marathon, Whitney Black and Stephen Phillips stopped at the halfway mark to get married. Apparently, this marathon has had marriage proposals, but this is the first couple to actually exchange vows along the route. Now, here's an interesting part of this, a twist. Ten years ago, Whitney was in a serious car accident and was told she would never walk again after 21 surgeries, and she made a full recovery. Then, just 18 months ago, she was hit by a car while running and again made a full recovery. Now, during the marathon, Whitney wore a tiara and a veil on her white running visor and a white skirt over her leggings, and Stephen wore a running vest designed to look like a tux, complete with a bow tie. Now, you're probably wondering, they did cross the finish line, and of course, they crossed it together, and they did it in a time of four hours and 47 minutes as husband and wife. Now, in my book, Whitney and Stephen are definitely feel-good runners. Good luck to both of you on a life filled with love, happiness, and yes, running. And finally, everybody's supposed to have a bucket list of things that they'd like to do in their life, right? I have a bucket list. Maybe many of you have a bucket list also. Well, big shout out goes to actor Will Smith, who just ran the Havana, Cuba half marathon in a time of two hours and 29 minutes and four seconds. He had that on his bucket list to run a half marathon and he finished it. And uh, now he 
he can consider himself a runner. I'm sure Will will never, ever listen to this podcast ever. But, you know, if you know him and you see him, tell him we gave him a shout out and great job from Feel Good Running. And now it's time to welcome this episode's very special running guest. All right. My special guest today is Malia Krause. I met Malia about two years ago and she moved back to Maui from Colorado. And the funny thing was, is that she was in the same running circles in Denver as I was before I actually moved to Maui. Malia is a gifted runner, but she gives a lot back to the running community here on Maui. She's got a a little business that's called the Maui Running Company. She puts on runs on Sunday and provides charity contributions of running shoes that she gives to local schools and their track program and athletes. You know, I work... uh, I work pretty closely with Malia because we plan and put on the annual Maui Marathon, you know, through our committee. She is the assistant race director of the Maui Marathon, and she's on the board of directors for the local running club, the Valley Isle Roadrunners. Maui Running Company also, keep this in mind when you look at the show notes, has some wonderful items such as hats, shirts, and compression socks. You know, she's a really good friend, and if you ever meet her, or you're out here and you do one of her runs or happen to run into her, she's going to put a a smile on your face and make you feel extremely welcome. Now, you know, I'm new to this podcast thing and I got really excited and recorded a bunch of interviews. And this one we did a little under a year ago. That's how procrastinating I am. And uh, it's a great interview and I'll give you some updates on Malia from the last year at the end of the interview. So right now, just sit back, relax, and enjoy my talk with my friend, Malia Kraus. Hello, Malia. Hi, Jim. How are you? Well, I'm good. How are you doing today? I'm good, thanks. Well, you know, I've been looking forward to this interview for a while now, so we've been talking about it and finally got together. (laughs) Yep. No, it's good. It's a good way to end the year. It's a good way to end the year, but this is going to be on in in the beginning of 2018, so it's a good way to start the year, too. This is true. This is true. I like reflections and starting up again and all that kind of good stuff. Absolutely. So, um, you are very interesting runner and uh an actually interesting person too which i've known you for probably about a year and two or three months yeah i think it was right around september of 2016 that you and i met officially face-to-face met we were facebook friends beforehand because we were in the same circles in colorado yep 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 it was definitely yeah i moved back in october of 2016 to maui so yeah it's been just over a year and i had i knew nothing about you at that time (laughs) however what i did know is that you were very fast runner oh gosh you were part of the roost runners roost race team in denver um in denver colorado and uh you just won. You took second place overall. Um, and I think, uh, was it second place overall you took in uh, Georgetown, Idaho Springs? And first place female that year. Gosh, it's been so long and so much has happened. I couldn't even tell you. Well, I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> I know that I had just completed my first 50K ultra trail race. 
that okay i'm sorry that you took second or second overall and you only missed out beating this person by about a minute and 10 seconds because your time was uh three hours and 56 minutes and 32 seconds so yeah i was the first female overall and i'd set the new course record that year which was pretty crazy right being my first trail ultra i was i was really excited about that and that's not an easy course for Colorado, it was much more of a runnable course um, for an ultra, and as opposed to some of the Leadville races where you're you well, know hiking course. up a mountain and the side of a cliff and things like that. So of course, but you still got some hills over there that you got to deal with at altitude. And now living in Hawaii, you think about running an altitude. Well, it's yeah. a little different. <laughs> it's a lot different. But I think the guy that uh, won the overall thing, he was around a three fifty five twelve. So you did not. You, you weren't that far behind in that one. So that was extremely impressive. But you, you did that right after, because that was an October race, right? Nope, that was a September race, September. and then I moved in October. Oh, that's right, that's right. So we must have met in October. We did. That's okay. I, yep. And then uh, you won uh, female in Georgetown, Idaho Springs in August. Correct. Which is uh, really one of my favorite half marathons. I love that race. Um, so anyways... Yes, you are a very good runner, and I, I did some research on you, and uh, we'll talk about all this, but um, I'm looking at your times, and we'll go over some of these during the interview, but <laughs> your, your slowest marathon, according to what I found, was a 301.54. That's your slowest. And your fastest marathon was a 351.50. And all the other ones, I'm sorry, at 251.50. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I was just nodding yeah, my head. 251. <laughs> I don't pay as much to 351.50 is in my category. <laughs> and at this point in my running time, I don't think I'd be able to even do that. Um, but all the other races were right in the vicinity of 254s, 258s, right in that area, too. So that's fast man oh thank you <laughs> it really is fast <laughs> i was happy to have just done my sixth marathon because i'm pretty new to the marathon distance um did my sixth marathon mm -hmm. at honolulu yes you did a couple weeks ago that's right and that one i got right here you did a uh 25803 and you won the comma aina uh award over there so that's very impressive because there's like a hundred million people that run that one <laughs> <laughs> not, not quite but not yeah quite it's, that it's, much? it's a large one it's it's a really fun race it's I, I ran it twice and this year had very different goals but a really great experience okay cool well i uh i admire you on your running but there's a lot more that I admire you about uh than just your running and we'll get into that so let's go back Let's go way back. You grew up here on Maui, right? Yep, yep. I was born and raised here in Maui. Um, my dad's side of the family, my dad was also born and raised here. So my dad's side of the family um, made their way over here um, in the late 40s after World War II. So my grandfather was a Marine and he was stationed over um, in Haiku at Giggle Hill. Now, I believe I read that your mom is from Denver. Yeah, my mom is originally from Denver. So that's kind of how eventually I ended up there. Um, yeah, born and raised here, went to school here, all that good stuff. And then went to University of Oregon to get my undergrad. Right. Um, and then uh, decided I wasn't ready to come back 
um, and I really liked the mainland. And people said, if you liked Oregon, um, but I needed more sunshine in my life, um, I should check out Colorado. And so since my mom had um, grown up there and I had some family there, I decided I would I would uh, try Colorado. And yeah, really loved it. And so, yeah, you I know you went to Oregon and then you went to Colorado, um, but you... You weren't in track or anything here when you were in school in Maui, right? No, so I ran cross-country. I did all sorts of sports. I loved pretty much every single sport. So Mm -hmm. I played soccer. I ran cross-country. My dad was really my first cross-country coach back in middle school. Okay. He was really involved with Valley Isle Roadrunners, um, which is still such a wonderful organization here on the island. I'm a Um, little familiar with that organization. Just a little. That's what I figured. Me too. Me too. Um, But yeah, so we started out there um, and really... I I mean I loved I always loved to run my dad was a big runner my mom was really athletic herself but my dad was always a big runner and cyclist and so he really got me started but um, I was always kind of the back of the packer maybe middle of the packer um, I just loved it um, and I think more than anything cross country just really taught me the value of of individual effort, but you can still have that team and that rallying aspect. Right, exactly. So when you went to Oregon, um, were you doing triathlons then? Did you get into that or was it when you went to Colorado? That was a Colorado thing. Yeah, Oregon was really about, I love it. Um, People always ask me, wow, you went to University of Oregon. You must have ran for them, right? And I joke, I say, oh no, that was just for fun. If, um, If I had been running at University of Oregon, I think I would have been you know, I'd have a shoe sponsorship. You might see your own like Malia line of things. So no, very far from it. Oregon was a great running culture. And I think it just further instilled in me, you know, how much I, I loved running. Well, we'll get to your Malia line of things here in a little (laughs) bit, because you, you still are tackling that goal. So we'll get to that in a few minutes. So you went to Colorado and when you went to Colorado, um, I, I noticed that some of the triathlons you did were in Boulder. Yes. And what did you like about the triathlons? Yeah, when I moved to Colorado, um, I really, I fell in with the cycling community, which was fantastic. Um, i had always grown up riding my bike, but I'd never really used it for anything besides kind of transportation. I didn't have a car in college in Oregon, so I rode my bike everywhere. Um, and so it was just kind of a natural fit when I moved to Colorado that I started cycling. Um, and then after about a year, um, someone I was dating at the time said, hey, we should do a triathlon. And I said, sure. You know, I grew up in Hawaii, but I'd never really swam with a purpose. Right. I could throw me in the ocean. I can be in the water all day, but to actually like swim laps or to swim anywhere fast, like real freestyle stroking, like that was something completely new. But I did my first one. I survived and I loved it. I just loved the balance of it. Well, the other thing, too, is that it's Denver's a lot different than Maui. Uh, we have this big, huge ocean out right, here with right. waves and all kinds of exactly. things. And we have reservoirs right. in Colorado. Really calm, completely flat water. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A little colder. Water's a little colder. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I learned that in a wetsuit, you float better. Right. So, yeah. So, exactly. It was a natural fit for me to kind of just start doing triathlons which I really really loved and it was still funny though because the way I always approached the race was 
the swim I kind of considered my warm up. Once I got out of the water, I got on the bike and was like, all right, let's ready to go. And then once I hit the run, you know, I would be probably in my age group or so the middle of the pack. And once I hit the run, I would just start. My goal was just to pick off as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, whether I knew it at the time, running was still still what I really, really loved the most. I read an article um, in Competitor that they did on you. I think it was a couple of years ago where you said that, you know, the first two were little appetizers for you. <laughs> You know, the swim and the bike, those are, but when you got on you know, your running shoes and started taking off, that's what you really liked. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, it was it was really motivating for me, too. That's, I, I guess I don't necessarily like so much of the pressure of leading. And so that's how I kind of approach my, my racing, too, is try not to go out too fast. Right. Um, and just, yeah, pick your way off. That is, uh, that, for whoever's listening to this, the best thing, best piece of advice I can give you and probably Malia and anybody else that runs is just don't go out too fast. And we never follow that rule ever. But you know what? <laughs> don't go out too fast. Right, right. You know, yeah, that's that. that's usually a really good one to follow. So 2013, um, you went to visit your brother in Atlanta. I did. And they had a marathon there. They did. They did. At the did. Atlanta Marathon. Mm-hmm. And you ran it. I did. I was pretty excited to try my first marathon. And uh, so your first marathon in Atlanta, you go out and run, and you won it. The women's, you were first in women's. I was. With a 254.52, and this was in November of 2013. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was pretty special day. So tell me about that day when you when you went out there. What were your expectations? You know, I really didn't have many. A always, and I I think about this for any race, especially longer races. First goal, finish. Um, the rest, you know, nutrition, hydration. I had the whole gamut to learn for my first race, and if triathlon taught me anything it was that every race you can learn something and you can improve upon something and so that's what you know I was like I had an idea that I felt like I could go around three hours um just the way the training had been going um but you know again it was it was a whole new a whole new distance for me I'd been doing lots of half half marathons leading up to it but um but that was my first full so I was really just open open to it so um yeah. Well, just out of curiosity, you know, you did half marathons. When you got to the second half of the marathon, Oof. was this a whole new experience? Your body kind of telling you some different things that yep. maybe yep. you didn't want to hear? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Thankfully, I never hit that wall, but um, it was a very hilly course. Mm-hmm. Um, so typically I, I like running both up and downhill, but I just remember the last three miles, my quads were so tired of the downhill because it had over, gosh, don't quote me on this, but it had over like 1500 feet of elevation gain. Wow. Yeah. And so, you know, you're, you're running through the city streets and they don't really worry about snow down there. Right. So we're talking steep pitches, steep, short right. pitches. So yeah, I just remember by the last three miles being like, 
okay, I think my quads are done. My quads are done. But it was also a great one to start with because that made any other marathon feel pretty flat. Well, you know, it's funny because three weeks ago they had a snowstorm in Atlanta. I know. My brother. (laughs) Yes, they did. They definitely did. So thankfully back in 2013, climate change wasn't as drastic. Yeah, not as drastic. (laughs) So, um... So then you just uh, kind of cruised along, probably did some other things. And then uh, you came out here to Maui in 2014 and uh, you ran the Maui Marathon and uh, you did a 301.54. And did you win that one, too? I did. Yeah, I did. It was on my 30th birthday. Wow. That must have been awesome to come home, run a hometown marathon or a home island marathon and and perform like you did. Yeah, it um, what was really, really special was that the male's winner was also a comma. Ina was also um, Reed Hunter and it yeah. was his first marathon. So for both of us to kind of win it for Maui, I think was was the was the real special piece. Absolutely, this this uh, year, two thousand seventeen, uh, two Japanese won it, male and female. So um, that was a special year, two thousand and fourteen. Now the next one that you did, tell me about Detroit. How did you come up with Detroit? Oh, you missed one. I did. Big Sur. Oh, yes, that was. No, I didn't miss it. It was the next one, but I had it reversed here. So let's talk about Big Sur. You <laughs> did that one in 257.02. That was in April of 2015. And uh, I think you won that one, too. That was, that's probably the hardest, most gorgeous race I've ever done. And may actually do again for all of those reasons oh nice um you know it it is i think runner's world always ranks it as you know it's kind of one of those bucket list marathons that people say because you do you run along the pacific coast highway and it is it's just gorgeous um but the year i ran it um there's a good middle section of like 18 miles that when you're just completely exposed if it's a windy year it's pretty horrific and when I ran it we had a windy year so um I just I remember and then I've you know got lots of pictures from the race of there's about a pack of eight of us um me and two other women and about six men and it was like recycling we're just drafting off of each other protecting each other and taking turns at the front because the wind was so so strong so I just remember that last 10k just once we kind of tucked back in just knowing that it was me and this other woman and it was like okay if you're gonna go you gotta go now mm-hmm. um so so yeah that was a really that was a really really special race i've always heard good things about big sur i oh. in, Cal- in california the ones all i did was la's okay that about nine of them oh. but i never did big sur and i always wanted to go do that one yep so maybe someday yeah you know yep. I, you know until we can take a little maui trip could take a little Maui trip to Big Sur, run it. Uh, you can go have breakfast and uh, maybe go catch a movie and some dinner, and then I'll, I'll be done by no, then. <laughs> I'll go hang out with the sea lions, everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. So Detroit's your next one. Yes. Yeah. But um, I, how do you? How did you pick Detroit? That was so all of my marathons. Um, I I haven't. And it's not really. Um, 
you know, it hasn't really been my focus to run a really flat race just for a time mm-hmm. that I don't, I don't know if I'll ever pick a course that way. All of my marathons so far have been for the location and because of the people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, with my brother, you know, Maui Marathon, um, Big Sur was with a, a trip with some friends and because nice. Big Sur is beautiful. So Detroit was with um, some good friends who that was her hometown mm-hmm. and it was a hometown race for her. Perfect. Um, so the unfortunate piece for that one was that typically, you know, it, it was in October. So it was supposed to be nice fall Michigan weather. Great. Um, the day before the race, it was the highs were like upper 50s. Nice, comfortable morning of the race. It snowed hmm. and was um, pretty much in the low to mid 30s the entire race. Hmm. So, um, but you were living in Colorado at the time, so that was not a that was not a shock to your body. Um, we were not prepared for that. Okay, Colorado hadn't. This was October. Colorado had been. We had had a really warm fall. Okay, so Colorado hadn't. This was mid October. Colorado hadn't gotten that cold yet. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the, the the time on on the paper says great. You had a pretty solid race, but that last half. I was frozen. I couldn't eat. Tough. Yeah. My hands, you know, we weren't prepared for it. So, yeah. well, yeah. You know, it, it you happens. You learn from every race. You, you learn, learn so you learn from much. Every single from every race. Every race. Yeah. Right. So tell me, um, well, let's get in because I, I, there's other things that I want to talk to you about. I know. I was like, I'm, I'm done talking about races. Yeah. Well, let's, let's just move on then. Uh, just so everybody knows, you also did Honolulu two times. Um, you did it in uh, 2015. Did it. 251.50 there. Uh, you were the first American woman on that one. And then Honolulu this year, you did in a 258.03. So it was awesome. So, Malias, your, your, your times are just phenomenal in your races. And um, I'm sure you just didn't go down to Barnes & Noble and pick up a book on, you know, how to train for a race. Um, I'm sure... I'm sure you probably have something more extensive that maybe you want to share. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, there's there's such great value. I think I've been really lucky um, to have such wonderful mentors. You know, there is so much information and resources out there um, available online, print. Um, but I have. I've been lucky enough to work with a handful of just really phenomenal coaches, both in triathlon um, and then in my running career as well. Um when I was living in Colorado and then I, I continue to work with, um, lifelong, lifelong endurance, um, with, uh, coach Andrew right now. And, um, there is, I think there's such value in having, you know, someone, whether you are, you know, just starting out with your first 5k to wanting to improve upon, you know, your marathon goal time, having, having a coach, um, can really kind of help you take it to the next level. It's definitely not, not required by any means, but, um, I've learned so much about myself, both as an athlete, but also as a person and kind of, um, the type of runner I want to be from, from working with coaches. You know, I agree with you a thousand percent on that. I think that if you're, if you're really serious about going out and doing a race, I'm not saying that you have to go out and hire a, a world-class coach, but if you can find somebody that can help mentor you and coach you that has some background or 
um, if you're joining a running group, exactly. you can meet people in a running group and exactly. you're automatically going to get better. And then you can make your decisions from there if you want to, you know, maybe have some one-on-one training. Yep, exactly. I think there's so much value. And again, I think that's why I'm so passionate about building that running community is no, by no means. You probably don't even have to spend a dime on actually getting an official coach. But having those resources, those other runners, those other community members to, to you know, ask those kind of questions. Yeah. Doubt there right now. I mean, you can go out and pick out a book and most people migrate to either Hell Higdon, Jeff Galloway or, you know, somebody like that. And they're they're fairly old school and they're still excellent programs. There's a lot of online programs that you can uh, uh, get on and, uh, you know, get a, an online coach, which they're very good too. Macmillan Running is really good and they're based out of uh, Flagstaff. Um, but, um, you know. Yeah, you, you to each their own. To each their own, right? Yep. Um, let's go back to Colorado. And how did you get involved with the Running Roost uh, Runners Roost race team? Yeah. So for people who don't know, Runners Roost is a um, local chain in Colorado. They have about gosh five or six stores, um, and they're really central to the running community there. At least I felt that way. Um, and so. Once I kind of transitioned out of triathlon after I ran my first marathon, 2014 was the last year I think I raced a triathlon um, and started focusing a little bit more on running. Um, I reached out to the team to, to see different ways that I could be involved. And so um, they brought me on and then eventually I helped coordinate the race team. So um, we're talking over 100, 150 um, ambassadors, essentially. Right. Um, and I loved it. Um, I love how running and endurance sports can com- connect people and create community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what I really saw in Runner's Roost and their ability to do that. And so um, when I really kind of ventured into that part of the community, I said, yeah, I want to be a part of that. I want to help you help you build that. Um, and so, yeah. So for about three years, two years, it was a really, really great experience. And I still consider Lots of those people are, are my friends and have come out and visited and run races here. And it's just, it's great to continue that. So you decided to move back to Maui. What was that? What was that decision? How did you come to that decision? You know, I, I when I read these articles, I, I saw comments in there that you made that you missed the warm weather in Maui, the Maui sunsets you know, the water and all that. But what what was really the deciding factor for you to move back home? Yeah, certainly. So um, in total, I spent about 10 years in Colorado. And the last couple years, you know, I'd come back for holidays because my family's still here. Um, and I just felt this pull, literally felt a physical tug in my gut. Um, but I talked myself out of it. Oh, it's so expensive. Oh, what would I do here? You know, and for the most part, I really liked my life in Colorado. I had a great group of friends. I really had a good job that I liked. Um, you know, the running community there was so strong. Um, but yeah, I realized I was just kind of putting up with the weather and the colds. And when I ran Honolulu Marathon in 2015, I was lucky enough that I ended up staying um, for an extended kind of vacation for like three weeks. And I just felt happy. I felt a different feeling. And so when I went back to Colorado, which didn't help because it was like freezing in January, when I went back, um, I sat with it. I sat with those feelings for about two months. And then I told my parents, I said, 
I'm going to move back. And they're amazing people. And they, you know, were playing devil's advocate. Well, are you sure about this? What about jobs? What about this? What about this? But ultimately, of course, they were like, yes, if you want to, we'll make, you know, we'll help you make this happen. Let us know what we can do to help. And so, um, yeah, I took all of pretty much 2016. I mapped out some of those last final races I wanted to get in, especially that trail ultra, um, and then after I finished that race, it was two weeks later, October 2nd, hopped on an airplane and moved, moved here, sold off so many things and came with a couple suitcases and some boxes. That's pretty much what you have to do when you come to Maui because it's a, it's a different world out here and you don't want to come with a lot of no. things because things don't work very well here on this island. It's just different. Yeah, it's so different. And I realized that's. You know, I haven't doubted that decision once, Um, you know, certainly with all these differences that we're talking about, cost of living is a lot more expensive here. And, um, you know, I miss a lot of the people um, that I had made strong connections with. Um, But I haven't doubted that decision once. This truly Maui truly feels like home to me. When you were preparing to move here I didn't personally know you yet but I was friends with you on Facebook and I can tell your excitement all the time any post that you would put out there you were very excited to come back here yeah and um, and so you did we met at Nalu's you brought me a runner's roost uh, uh, singlet and a a visor (laughs) so you could tell that we hadn't really met yet because Jim doesn't wear visors yeah, I, I uh, don't have a lot up on top, and so <laughs> it uh, it would have been one heck of a tan spot if I wear a, if I wear visors. But the thought was there. <laughs> the thought was there. But what um, what is really amazing when I met you is, and it's in these articles too, which is right to the T, is that whenever you meet Malia, the your personality and your enthusiasm. And your smile and everything is very contagious. Everybody just loves that. And plus with your running, I knew right then and there that you were going to be so good for the Maui running community. And in one of these articles, it asked you, this was the competitor one. This was a few years ago. This was Mm. before your Xterra one that that just Mm. recently came out where they asked, what are your future goals? And uh, you did put in there that you want to give back to running because running has given so much to you. You want to get involved in the community and, you know, um, volunteer and maybe even put on some small races yourself. And so you're here now and you're very involved. And um, I think the the first thing that we we got you involved with was uh, I asked you about the Maui Marathon. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was great. It was such a perfect, tangible way for me to feel um, connected because Valley Isle Roadrunners had just kind of, I don't say taken back the marathon, but you know, it's always been a Valley Isle Roadrunners event, but this was the first year that you and, and John Emerson were going to really head it up. And, um, yeah, I said, great, count me in. How can, how can I help? Because, you know, I grew up with Valley Isle Roadrunners, but also had that connection from running the race myself. Um, and, and knew how important it was to Maui and how wanting to make it that much, you know, try, try to raise the bar. Well, I, I, I don't know if I ever told you this, but you're the first person that I ever talked to 
about coming on board with the Maui Marathon. <laughs> you know, we had, uh, John was already working with some of the other former committee members to see if they were interested or whatever, but you were the first person outside that, that well, I approached. Honored. Very honored. Well, it, you know, that whole process, it was uh, education, big time <laughs> last year or this year. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but so much fun and so much growth and super excited for next year. You know, so so the um, so everybody knows Valley Isle Roadrunners is the um, major running group out here in Colorado. I'm running club. And you mean Maui, but yes. What did I say? Colorado. Oh, gosh, I'm messed up. <laughs> Sorry about that. I meant on, here on Maui. And uh, they have been around since 1970. Yeah. And there's been a lot of people involved, including your dad at yeah. one time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it continues to stay a full force out here for and puts on, you know, a bunch of runs a year. Yeah. And even though they don't put on or they own the Maui Marathon, we're still, you know, now it's kind of back into the fold yeah. a little bit. Yeah, which is exciting. It is. So um, you started a running group yourself um, through Valley Isle Roadrunners originally, and and then you started a company. But let's just talk about, before we get into your company, um, how the Sunday run came about. Because it's been catching on so nice, and there's so many people that you have gotten involved with your run. Yeah, yeah. So... um Yeah, moved back, kind of started to get settled. And, um, you know, coming from Colorado, you could pretty much find a group to run with any day of the week, any time of the day, really. Um, You know, and and that's what having such uh, so many options for running stores really, it's a natural fit. While Maui being in this situation where it currently doesn't have any running stores, there's not that kind of natural meeting place. So, Jim, you've done such a fantastic job and you really set up that model for um, for residents here and then visitors as well with your Wednesday group runs. Um, But for people with different schedules, you know, Wednesday doesn't always want to, you know, work. Wednesday afternoons, evenings. And so I'm used to, you know, really... It was every Sunday was kind of long run Sunday, and that's kind of a standard for, for a fair number of, of runners. Um, it's Sunday long run. Um, and so I, you know, just started putting the word out to a couple friends, and we started meeting on Sundays. And then friends invited their friends, and then a few more people started to show up. And then I found myself, you know, really wanting to get a variety of locations as well. Um, So I would pick a different location and people, instead of doing, you know, a 12 person text message, well, could you put out an email? Yeah, yeah, I can do that. And it just has kind of grown from there. And so um, every Thursday, so I just sent it out this morning, um, the email has gone out to 185 people this morning. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. So clearly not everyone shows up. But I check in with some people occasionally, you know, hey, you still want to get this? Yep, Malia, I have not come to one of your runs yet. But when I see your email every week, it motivates me to do my own. Absolutely. You know, and and it's been so good because I think both of our runs complement each other. Yes. My Wednesday run is a it's basically the same route every week and it's a four mile run. And, you know, we get a good amount of people. But what, what is really awesome about your run is that. You know, if you're training for a marathon, half marathon, you provide a route where people can, you know, they can run as 
far as they want. And most of them are out and back. So, you know, if you want to go out four miles and come back four and do an eight mile, you can. Or if you want to do 15, you can do 15. And like you mentioned, there's different locations that you do this every week. And you mix it up, too. You'll do road and then you'll do trail. Like um, this weekend, you're going to be doing trail run up at the Poly Poly, uh, which is way up there. And it's a gorgeous, gorgeous run. We did that in uh, July. Right. Um, And it was just so beautiful up there. And, And, you know, maybe all your people won't run it they may hike it too right exactly and that's that's big for me is just variety and trying to Mm -hmm. expose people to different places and different options and hopefully kind of a welcoming comforting environment where people feel like hey this is a little bit out of my you know comfort zone but i'm here with the group malia's like mapped out a route i feel like okay i can at least try Mm -hmm. um and you're right different locations mean we won't get some people some week but that means we might get someone else Mm -hmm. um and i think what's great about both of our runs is that um visitors hear about it i know and show up and so they might get to experience a part of the island that they might not otherwise right yeah right it's it's amazing when i do my runs and people show up out of the blue and i go how'd you hear about us somehow we we're on Facebook or somehow we found out about it. Yeah. I said, well, we're, we're very happy to have you here. And it's so awesome to see because uh, they're, they're so jazzed when they're yes. done running and have a chance to experience a Maui run. It's yeah. awesome. So you've done a really good job with that. I really have. And it's Thank been you. needed. We've had before I took the Wednesday night run over. Um, we used to have the Wednesday night run, but there was only a handful of people yeah. from the person that that did it before. She did a wonderful job for several years on it, um, but it never really grew that much. And she didn't want it to grow, and I understand that. Um, but it still is a platform that we want people to experience out here. So, you know, you doing what you're doing has been great and very needed on our island. So now let's uh, let's segue. Um, the first of all on this island we do not have a running store there was a running store years ago that we had and uh it it uh went out of business unfortunately and because there was a big box store that basically put them out of business which was uh sports authority which they're out of business now too so go figure but that was our only option for any type of running anything on this island and they closed over a year ago so we have no no option for any apparel um shoes we gotta either have them shipped by a store that we know of or maybe roadrunner sport or whoever you know is out there through the internet um but you started a company so tell me about your company because it's an awesome company (laughs) well thank you um so yeah so i started maui running company um it officially i it's been such a rewarding challenging all the emotions just fill fill in the blank um process um and it continues this day um so much learning but uh, officially filed with the state launched um in may um and yeah maui running company um really the focus is community building 
um, is having both uh, a space for visitors and for most importantly locals to connect with each other to learn from each other um, and to just share the love of running and so part of that you know the key center for it right now is um, is our group runs um, but then I also did you know I got a lot of requests for well I really want that identity piece you know part of building community is, is identity and I, I want other people to know to recognize me as a Maui runner so I said okay I can I can get some some running shirts together, some hats, some visors, um, and some long sleeve shirts. So so yeah, so we have Maui Running Company apparel. Um, so when people go and go to these big races, uh, especially off island, you know they can say they can wear it proud. I hope I do, and say you know I'm I'm from Maui, and uh, you know just thinking about running um, the Xterra race on Oahu, and then also the Honolulu Marathon, my my most two recent races. So many people would say, great job, Maui. Way to go, Maui. And, you know, I don't I know they're talking about me, but I think of it as even bigger than that. Oh, yeah. Um, and so that that feels the most rewarding to me. So, um, yeah, the positive support I've gotten so far is just been incredible. And, th and that's why I continue to do it, um, especially, you know, I, I have a full time job. This is my labor of love. I, I work for the county in the housing department. So all this extra time and energy, um, you know, sometimes on paper is a little overwhelming. But um, what I get from it in return um, and what I see as the community continue to, to build is just is is worth it well what's uh, nice about your business is you are building a community out of maui running company but you also are providing you know a, a, a nice name it's a beautiful oh. logo and it you know it just expresses maui running company and it, it has the name maui so whether whether you're from maui or not right it's going to grow and you're going to have people that are going to be in races that are going to wear the Maui running company shirts yeah. or maybe just out and about because yeah. your, your merchandise is quality. We're going to put a link uh, in the show notes Thank and that you. for it. So Thank if you. people want to go see Malia's site, it's Maui running company.com or Maui running co.com. Maui running co.com. Yeah. But we'll have a link in there. But, um, you know, I, I own a couple of hats. I own a shirt and, you know, there's, there, it's good stuff and it, you're building something that's really good. And we, uh, you know, we're rooting for it that it'll continue to grow and become more than just what it is now. Cause Malia is basically peddling her stuff out of the back of her trunk. <laughs> <laughs> it is a little interesting sometimes. Um, I, I, I think about, you know, if I were to observe it, my like, gosh, what, what do they think I'm selling from literally, you know, bringing out my Tupperware of things at, at races and things like that. But, you know, people are asking. So I, you know, my my mobile my mobile store so hey, it's a mo we'll that's the that's the version of a pop-up shop here yes, on maui exactly you just sell you know whether you're buying you know uh fruits or vegetables exactly. or you can go down and you know get some apparel from malia right, from maui right. running company which yep. is really good maybe yeah maybe i'll start maybe i need to get one of those car magnets to to put on put on my car you could do that too <laughs> no get it get it all decaled out o so when official, you drive down there yeah. you go yeah. That, when our big Maui torrential rains come through. Exactly. So, um, you know, normally on these podcasts, I 
my goal is to reach the everyday runner. Yes. You know, people that are out there, whether they're going to do a race, not do a race, you know, just the everyday runner that that is looking for a healthy out of something enjoyable. And there's so many people that run and there's so many people that do races and you see how, you know, how much it changes their lives or enriches their lives. Completely. And, and what is really nice about you is that you're giving a lot back and you never, you're such a humble woman. You don't talk about your accomplishments. You don't like to be called an elite runner. No, I really think we should edit out a lot of the first part. (laughs) Well, we'll, yeah, but, but you, but you, are you you're very special in that you have no ego you're just out there and you're helping other people and you enjoy running with people and you enjoy seeing people you know excel out there and uh i i think that's very admirable of you and i'm so glad you came on the podcast today and um have have shared all this and no we're not going to edit the other stuff out (laughs) You know, the people need to know who you are, too. But we did a good job of explaining who you really are. And and that's just a genuine, good person that cares about other people. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. And it's been yeah, it's been fun. And like you said, I'm just really excited to see where this all goes in 2018. You know, I think 2017, we we set up a lot of new things for the Maui running community. Mm -hmm. And I'm just really excited to continue to collaborate and see where see where things go. So what I'll do in the show notes here for uh, to help out is that um, I'll put a link. Uh, they'll have my link in there. And so if anybody's coming out to Maui that's listening to this and want to run with Malia on Sunday, her group, um, we'll get you in touch with her and she can get Perfect. you on the mailing list. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do your Maui running company. And yes, 2018 is going to be a great year. We're all in the Maui Marathon putting that thing on. So we're, yep. we're having our first meeting next uh, Tuesday. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, no, there's lots of options. You come to Maui, your local resident. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Please reach out to us. Um, and yeah, hopefully we'll see you out there for a run or you know, some, some workshops. I got, I got some good ideas coming for 2018. So super. Yeah. Good. Well, thanks again for coming on to, uh, the feel good running podcast and, uh, good luck in your future races that you personally are going to do, but, but good luck in everything you're doing in the community and, and with Maui running company and all that. Great. Thanks so much, Jim. Mahalo. All right. Mahalo. Have a good one. All right. Well, what an amazing person Malia is. I hope you enjoyed that interview. And I want to give you a few updates since we recorded this at the end of 2017. 2018 has been a wonderful year. She left her job at Maui County and she works for Golf Cart Maui, which gives her a lot of time to focus in on her running. Malia took first place at the Maui 5K and the Day of Hope 10K, and she took second place at the Xterra Trail Run this year in uh, Kapalua. She was also on the Team Hawaii for the Chase, which is a 15K at the Hapalua Half Marathon on Oahu, and it's basically where the team chases two elite Kenyan runners. This past summer, she put on an amazing 50K endurance run at Makawa Forest Preserve 
Reserve uh, here on Maui. She headed up the shakeout run on the Saturday, the day before the Maui Marathon, and the greatest accomplishment of 2018, in my opinion, and I'm thinking it's in her mind also, is the fact that she is the first woman ever in 48 years to finish solo the Hana Relay. Now, this is 52 miles from Kahului, which is by the airport here on Maui, all the way to Hana. And if you've ever been out here and, and drove the road to Hana, you know what that's like. She ran that by herself, all 52 miles, first woman ever to finish solo in 48 years. Some have attempted it, never have finished except for Malia in seven hours and 43 minutes. What an amazing person she is. And it was such a pleasure to work with Malia this year on the Maui Marathon. She did all of our social media and assistant race director uh, items. Uh, One of the big items was to start the full marathon in Kahului, and she did a wonderful job with that. And she's a very hard worker and very dedicated and very giving, and I'm so glad uh, that I, I know her and feel very honored that she is my friend. So good luck, Malia, in everything you do in 2019 and I'm sure we'll be working together again. Here is a running quote to keep you inspired and feeling good. Like I always say, I love running quotes. I really do. And this quote here is from a pretty pretty famous uh, runner himself, Dean Carnassus. You may or may not have heard of him. Uh, Most have, if you've been in running for quite a long time. But this is the quote I want you to think about this week. It's run when you can, walk if you have to, crawl if you must, just never give up. Think about that. I think many of us runners have been in probably one of those categories or at least have thought about one of those categories. So have a great week. Get out there and run. Show up. Just show up. Thank you for listening. And always, always feel good about your running. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Please consider sharing this podcast with your running friends and spread the feel-good running vibe around you. Head over to feelgoodrunning.com to access all the links and resources mentioned on the show. Until next time, keep motivated, keep focused, and keep on running. It is sure to make you, well, feel good.